We're going to continue our time of worship now by opening up the Word of God. And as a church community, we're on our third week now in the book of Proverbs in a series that we're calling Wisdom in Action. And over the past couple of weeks, we've actually been uh, learning about what it means to not only hear wisdom, but to live it out in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. Last week, we took time to really reflect on the passage that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And as a church community, we've been taking on what we're calling a Proverbs 31 challenge, where there are 31 days in the month of August and 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And I've loved some of the reflections and insights that have poured in from our church community over the past month. They've been incredible to just be able to encourage and build each other up through them. And this morning, we have the privilege of actually welcoming our dear sister Genevieve Johnson, who will share a brief reflection on this journey of wisdom that we are on together as a church family in the book of Proverbs. So let's go ahead and hear this reflection. Hi, everybody. Um, last week I was asked to do a reflection on um, Proverbs 8. Um, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I'll read um, a segment from 22 to 30. So this is Proverbs 8, 22 to 30. The Lord made me at the beginning of his creation. Before his works of long ago, I was formed before ancient times. From the beginning, before the earth began, I was born. When there were no watery depths, and no springs filled with water, I was delivered. Before the mountains and the hills were established, before he made the land, the fields, or the first soil on earth, I was there when he established the heavens, when he laid out the horizon on the surface of the ocean, when he placed the skies above, when the fountains of the ocean gushed out, when he set a limit for the seas so that the waters would not violate his command, when he laid out the foundations of the earth, I was a skilled craftsman beside him. I was his delight every day, always rejoicing before him. I, um, I really love the images of wisdom in um, Proverbs. Um, and in this chapter specifically, um, chapter 8, verses 22 through 30, um, wisdom here is personified as a helper alongside God at the beginning of creation. Um, to me, this wisdom that is spoken of seems um, like the Holy Spirit to me. So when I think of all these Proverbs um, in that light, it takes on a slightly different depth. Um, for example, in verse 4, um, wisdom is described as calling out to mankind. So if I'm thinking wi of wisdom as the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is actually what's calling out um, to mankind. Um, also in 22 through 30, um, the Holy Spirit um, alongside God at the beginning of creation. In this light, these proverbs about wisdom aren't just wise thoughts, but about listening and following the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's so incredible to see how the wisdom of God is available for all who seek it. Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Proverbs, and they will be several passages compiled together. 
from Proverbs 15, 18, and 16. The first reading is from Proverbs 15, verses 1 to 2. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the Word of God. Proverbs 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. 15.4 The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. 18.21 The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And 16.24 Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. God Almighty, we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor this morning. And we know, Lord, that today, whether we feel inspired, whether we feel discouraged, you are with us. You are here in this place. You are with us at home. You are the one who holds us together even while we're apart. Because, Lord God, you are the source of life, the source of wisdom. By your word, Lord, we pray that you would shine a light into our very souls this morning. Pour out on us, Lord, the wisdom from above that you delight in pouring down. Give us more of you, O God. May we decrease so that you increase in our lives today. We pray this in the faithful name of Jesus. Amen. When I became a parent, there were things that I needed to give up in order to gain. One of the things that I still think about every once in a while that I, I grieve and kind of miss, which was something I had to give up in order to gain the joys of parenthood, I had to give up my right to listen to what I want in my own car radio. That was actually something that used to give me just a lot of excitement and a lot of uh, like temporary happiness and joy when I would have a long day at work, just getting in my car and blasting the music. I love music, many of you know that, and that would be something that just gave me a lot of um, just uh, thrill, really, to be able to just blast music in my own car. But I'll tell you, these past few years of uh, being a dad of young children, I have had to give up that right, the right to listen to what I want, when I want on our car radio, especially when it comes to family trips. Now, in most family trips, instead of blasting my own music, I'm really spending hours and hours listening to 
nursery rhymes. But even when the kids aren't there with me, I'm, I'm not as interested in blasting music anymore. I'm just more interested maybe in catching up on sermons and on news. And now my kids are actually getting ready to start this new school year. So Charlotte and I are preparing for uh, doing the whole homeschool routine uh, beginning Monday. So we're with you parents. We're, we pray for you. Please pray for us. We're all on the same boat here this year in 2020, unlike any other year. But they're preparing for that now. But around a year ago, what my kids were really into were childhood rhymes and nursery rhymes. And there was one specific nursery rhyme that helped them learn their numbers 1 to 10 through the power of rhymes. Some of you know which rhyme I'm talking about. It's the one that counts 1 to 10, but then rhymes words in between. It's the nursery rhyme that says, 1, 2, buckle my shoe. 3, 4, open the door. 5, 6, pick up sticks. 7, 8, I'm feeling great. 9, 10, do it again. And yes, my kids sing that again and again and again. I think there was one car ride where we were on a long family trip and they sang that same rhyme for like two hours straight. It just like gave me this moment driving like thinking, oh my goodness, what has my life become? But that's a whole other sermon. I know that today, all joking aside, Many of those rhymes have changed and have even modernized, but one nursery rhyme that is still around today is a nursery rhyme that was around even when I was a child and even in my parents' generation. And it was a a rhyme that is said throughout playgroups and wherever kids are gathered, probably throughout our country and throughout the world as well, in different languages perhaps. But that is the nursery rhyme and the age-old kids' rhyme that says, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never help me. Now, grown-ups and, you know, teenagers, young adults, let's be honest. Is that true? Is that true or false? That words can never hurt us. That nursery rhyme is so ingrained in us in childhood that that same nursery rhyme has found its way to sneak in to really our belief system. And it even becomes a lie that we adopt as adults. But the Proverbs that we're studying this month in these passages that we read, the Proverbs are actually teaching about wisdom, wisdom in action. And this, this book of Proverbs actually reminds us that words actually matter. Words have the power to create brand new worlds. Words have the power to create new realities. In fact, the Bible begins with a new world being created by the power of words. We see in the book of Genesis that God speaks creation into existence. 
And it is this creation narrative that we read about in Genesis, that creation narrative actually introduces the first stage that we see in the scriptures of God speaking. I love how the old, older translations of the Bible really put it so plainly. They put it so plainly. Thus saith the Lord, the Lord has spoken. The words of the Lord have power. Words can be used to reflect God's glory, and we can use the power of words to build each other up, but words also have a shadow side. Words have the power to tear down. Words can be used to tear each other down. They can be used for the goodness of God and to point to his glory, but they can be used for evil purposes as well. The Proverbs talks about this as well in, uh, in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 6. It talks about the words of the fool. It says that the words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the speech of the upright rescues them. How are we using our words? How do you use your words? Do you use the power of words to build up or to destroy? Or sometimes do you just go about throwing words around without reflecting on the power and the influence that words have? As a pastor, I've seen the power of words front and center. I've seen words have the power to start new chapters in people's lives. Words like, I do. I've seen words have the power to end chapters in people's lives. Words like, I'm done. Words have the power to start wars. And words also have the power to bring peace. Some of us know that a war never officially begins with an act of violence or an act of aggression. But wars actually begin and end with a declaration. And what exactly is a declaration? A declaration is just a set of words. A set of words that have the power to declare the beginning or the end of war. Words matter. Words have power, according to the Proverbs. And in fact, that's just one of the major lies that we give into that the culture around us tells us. That sticks and stones can break our bones, but words will never hurt me. A couple of, uh, of we, months ago, I had the opportunity of uh, taking part in a training and learning a training on effective digital communication on the most uh, uh, wise and prudent and effective ways to communicate either online or through email or through text or in writing and one thing that the the trainer came to communicate which was something that i had never really um, made sense of or it hadn't really clicked until i took part in that training when uh, the instructor said to us that our words can be verbal, they can be audible words,
but our words also include our posts. Our words include our forwards and our reposts. And I know some of us can think, no, that's, that's not me. That's not how I mean to communicate. But the reality is that that is the context that we live in. What we write, what we post, what we put out there, that's all part of communication and the power of words. And in this training, at one point, I found it very interesting that the speaker actually started to uh, make a connection and uh, really make a comparison between the courage that people seem to have behind a screen and she compared that with the courage that people have on the road behind their cars. The ability to somehow be a lot more courageous behind the screen, she compared it to that courage of road rage because there is a barrier between you and the other person. So one big takeaway that I had from that training is something that I've had to apply in my own life and I'd love to share it with you and invite you into this as well. It's something very simple but can serve as a guide especially when it comes to digital and uh, communication and writing and that is what I like to call the stop and think principle. I have to ask myself stop and think before hitting send before hitting post, before hitting forward, would you say that same statement to that person in a face-to-face -face setting? Stop and think. Would you be comfortable saying what you're about to post on a microphone, either in downtown Visalia or in any other place with at least 100 people around? Stop and think. Because that's the equivalent. You know, before my, my career as a, a, in ministry, I was actually in education for several years. And one of the places that I served for several years in, uh, in high school level, middle, and elementary was actually in uh, Oakla Oakland Unified School District in Northern California. And it was in a place that would be called by many just a challenging and underserved um, area. Uh, yes, there were many challenges. There were also many wonderful uh, families that I got to connect with there, the majority of them actually. But as I was in that uh, school setting, I had to develop and train the kids that I, I had to work with. I had to develop and train them in the stop and think principle, which was the reminder before you say that, stop and think. Because words have power. And words have consequences. That's something that is absolutely true. But we can sometimes just forget that truth because we've been ingrained so much by that lie that culture tells us. The lie that says sticks and stones can break our bones, but words will never hurt us. We know it isn't true, deep down inside. The lie that words have no impact, we know it isn't true. Because the reality is that words really matter. 
when we're honest with ourselves, we know that words have tremendous power. That's why the Proverbs call us to wisdom beyond knowledge, beyond information, but wisdom in action. And that's why the Proverbs have many, many teachings on the tongue and on the use of words. The Proverbs remind us of the power and the responsibility of our words. The Proverbs actually tells us what the effect can be of, be, of irresponsible words. It talks about the fool. I love how there's this proverb that says, the, even the fool who holds his tongue appears wise before others. Another proverb says, where there are many words, sin and, trans, and transgression is not far. And then it contrasts the words of the fool with the words of the wise person and tells us that the wise person is slow to speak. The wise person, as we talked about last week, slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to listen. One of my favorite books that's uh, been very helpful in my pastoral ministry has been a book by an author named uh, Jim Peterson, and he wrote a book called Why Don't We Listen Better? And he says in that book that you will always be able to uh, to to you will always be able to notice a good listener by the permanent teeth marks on his or her tongue. A wise listener has teeth marks on his or her tongue because a wise listener is able to sometimes hold back, restrain, and be slow to speak. Words have power. And in fact, that is how we function here at Imago Church. We know that there is responsibility and stewardship and impact of words. That's why we are sure to go the extra mile in honoring one another with our words. We go the extra mile in respecting each other with our words. That's why at Imago Church, just to be perfectly clear with everyone, we do not tolerate words that tear down. We do not tolerate gossip, slander, racist or prejudiced, hate-filled speech in any way, shape, or form. And we're clear about this because we believe this to be true. That words have power. And how we talk about people opens up a clear window to our hearts. It opens up a clear window to our core values. Our words tell the truth about our character. Wisdom begins from the inside. That's what we've been learning these past couple of weeks. That's what the Proverbs invite us into, to a full transformation from the inside out. Wisdom begins on the inside with our thoughts because our thoughts then lead to our words. Words don't just come out of nowhere. They begin with our thoughts. Thoughts lead to words. Words lead to actions. Actions lead to character. And character matters. It really counts because character 
is who we are in this life. The book of Proverbs reminds us of the simple but yet profound power and impact of words. There are some of these passages that are so simple yet profound. Proverbs 15 one says, A gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15.4 says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. So if we haven't learned it already, let's learn it now. Let's learn it today. Wisdom invites us to realize that our words have consequences. The Proverbs remind us that the person walking in godly wisdom must pay close attention to their words so that their words may build up rather than destroy. Our words are called to build up, not destroy. Just as the power, just as the tongue, our words, has the power to bless. Our words also have the power to destroy. Just like a spark of fire that can be set in an entire forest. Here we live in California. Every year we have fire season, right? But remember, a forest fire often starts with just a spark. A grudge and years of conflict can be sparked simply by a word or a phrase. That's why there are so many proverbs about words, the words of the wise person. So many proverbs about the discipline of taming the tongue. So many invitations of wisdom being slow to speak. Now I know something that's absolutely true for me and it may be true for you. I, on my own, by my own power, I cannot tame my own tongue. I'm actually powerless over the tongue. But it is only through surrender and trust in Jesus Christ that the tongue can be tamed. Because when we surrender, when we trust, when we abide in Jesus, Jesus gives us new hearts. He gives us new minds and new words. And from those new hearts and new minds will come fresh words, fresh expressions, redeemed words from this new thing that God is doing in and through each and every one of us, making us new creations and from those new hearts coming new words God uses words he actually uses them for great purposes God uses words to build up and God uses words to actually create when we abide in Jesus Christ when we trust in Jesus and we exchange our old hearts for new hearts we can go ahead and do the same God will create new things in our lives in our relationships in our interactions. With our words, we can bless God. With our words, we can bless other people. But with our words, we can also 
curse other people. Other people created in the image of God. Those people around us that reflect the imago of God. God invites us into another way, not the world's way. A good friend of mine who uh, mentored me for a couple of years, his name is Frank, Frank, uh, Frank M., and he was a former uh, executive for Hewlett Packard Company. And he once told me something that I'll never forget. He just simply said, Carlos, I want you to hear this. The wisdom of God and the wisdom of the world are in many ways polar opposites. So when you feel the pressure from the world to say or do one thing, oftentimes you should stop and think and remember that the wisdom of God and the wisdom of the world are in many ways polar opposites. God calls us into a new way. Not to conform to the patterns of this world, to be, but to be transformed and to have our minds be made new by the power of his spirit. And really, this is the same when it comes to God's use of words and the way that, uh, the, and, and the way that God um, uses words throughout the scriptures. He uses words to build up. In fact, we see this in the scriptures. God doesn't just throw around senseless words uh, like the world does. God doesn't just use words as noise, like the principalities of this world use words. No, but in fact, God's first words that we read about in the Bible are found in the book of Genesis, in the first chapter. The first chapter of the Bible we see uh, and we read about God's first words in the scriptures. And it says this in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw chaos. God saw disorder. God saw division and disunity. God saw even what we see today. Uncertainty, unfamiliarity, polarization, all of that. God saw that and he used his words to bless. He used his words to bring order. He used his words to bring peace and say, let there be light. When we align ourselves with the heart of God, our words can be a source of light to shine in the midst of chaos, in the midst of disorder, in the midst of uncertainty. We can see a conflict or a challenge in front of us and rather than giving into the same pattern of chaos and confusion and conflict, we can imitate our living God and use our words to say, let there be light. Let there be light over that family conflict that has escalated for years because of words that have been used irresponsibly. 
Let there be light on my attitude, refusing to apologize or to use words to heal deep wounds. Let there be light in the lies that our culture tells us, that it's either this way or that way. You're either on this side or that side. Yes, this year there are a lot of big decisions happening, a lot of big debates happening. And yes, in 2020, we are voting for a president But remember, even though we're voting for a president, we have a king. And his name is Jesus. And he is the only one who we can place our full hope, our full trust, and our full confidence in. And he will not share his glory with anyone else or with any particular system or any particular uh, view. Because he is God. He is on the throne. He uses words to bless, to build up, and invites us to do the same. Let there be light. That you and I would use words lovingly that we would use the power of words responsibly, that we would use words to reflect the wisdom of God. Wisdom in action. And it's only by the Holy Spirit that we can live by wisdom from above. Friends, brothers, sisters, May we ask and seek God's wisdom and he will give it to us. He will give it to you. Knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find him. Words have power and we're reminded of this in the Proverbs that we read today and we'll close with this. Once again, as we were reminded earlier in Proverbs 15, At verse 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. These are the power, the powers of the words of the wise. According to the Proverbs, Words have the power of life and the power of death. Words have the power to heal and words have the power to wound. And in fact, wise words taste a particular way. Wise words have character. In the Proverbs we read that the words of the wise are honest. They are not false. The words of the wise are few. They are not many. 
The words of the wise are not boastful. They are not argumentative. They are not contentious. The words of the wise are not a gossip. But we see that the words of the wise are calm. The source of the words of wisdom come from the wise heart and wise character. Words have deep power and deep consequence. And in order to learn new things, there will always be a need to unlearn old things. Maybe today is the day where God is inviting you into a new season of restored words, of responsible words, of words to build up, of words to create new things, to give life to new things, to give life to new ideas, new visions, new dreams. And in order to step into that, we're going to have to unlearn old things. One thing that I've realized in my journey with God And even in my journey of of seeking for God's wisdom, I've learned that there are a couple of key steps and key patterns that keep happening over and over again as I'm following God in this life and seeking to, to, to grow more and more into the person that he created me to be. It's really a pattern that says, that begins with learning. In this path of wisdom, I take steps of learning, we take steps of unlearning, of letting go, and of trusting. The path of wisdom oftentimes requires learning, unlearning, letting go, and trusting. Live and trust. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Walk in his paths always. He will make your path straight. This is a journey, and journey requires steps, steps of action. This is wisdom in action, where we can actually use the power of words to build up. We can use the power of words to edify. And yes, Together with Christ at the center, we can use the power of words to bless. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you and we bless you because you are mighty. Thank you, Lord, that you draw close to us and we're able to draw near to you. Would you build us up, God, in your wisdom, not in worldly wisdom. We hear all that noise all the time, but we're wanting to draw near to you this morning. And Lord, for some of us, this is an opportunity to take that first step in our faith with you, to take that first step in seeking your ways and seeking your wisdom. And if that's you, I just want to invite you to go ahead and make this prayer at home. Remember, ask and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. So today is the day that you can seek him and he will draw near to you. As you're taking your first step, you can pray right where you are. You can pray and say, Lord, 
I acknowledge that you are God, that I am not. I need you to be gracious to me. I need you to forgive me. I need you to heal me and to make my heart alive. I give up on trusting in myself and I put my life in your hands. Today I choose to follow Jesus, your son, wisdom in the flesh. Although I don't understand everything, I want to pursue you with my whole life. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for teaching me your ways. For some of us that have perhaps been connected and have known about God now for several years, perhaps this is now a time to take a next step, to go deeper, to leave that comfort zone, to leave the, that mediocrity, but instead to go deeper in your passion and love and pursuit of the Lord, of his wisdom and of his ways. And if that's you, you can pray this this morning. You can just cry out and pray, Almighty God, thank you because your love has called us here. We are your people created in your image. And we confess, God, that through pride we've rejected at times your way. We've rejected at times your wisdom. We've disregarded your calling, your true calling in our lives. And we've walked away from it, God. We've easily thrown words around that have torn down, Lord, that have been pointless. But merciful God, we just pray that you would forgive us. Help us today to take the journey from fear to faith. Help us to take the journey from foolishness to wisdom. Thank you that Jesus creates that bridge. Jesus creates that pathway. Set us free, Lord, to be the people that we were created to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. We are your people who abide in you and trust in your promises, in your power, and in your presence. In your name we pray. Amen.